Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. This is Mike with a little pre show message for you. We are going to talk about podchaser.com on this show. And uh, it actually uh, went to beta on the 9th, the day before this released. And during it, we're also going to talk about the beta keys that we're giving out for this. And uh, the beta key name is wrong. Uh, the one that we actually are wind up using is going to be not 40 going 14, or whatever it is we say. Uh, it's going to be Nostalgia 40. That's uh, N-O-S-T-A-L. GIA40. Uh, if you can use that instead of the, the uh, beta key that we're going to use, we're going to talk about in the show. And uh, everything will go like butter. Um, that's it. And hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 196 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I am Joel. And I am Josh. And I thought I had an invisible dragon friend when I was a friend, but it turned out my record player was just broken and playing at 124th speed. (laughs) (laughs) You're singing Winchester Cathedral. You gotta do it real slow. Then you gotta get the uh, clicking in there too. (laughs) You just make banana sounds. (laughs) All right, so this week we are watching uh, Pete's Dragon, the 1977 classic. I was one. I was five. Me too. What? No, you were two. That's the proper way to say it. <laughs> I was, wait, you said, wait, what time or day? What time of day? 77. Oh, I was. What, what time of day did this come out? I was three. Joel four, can't calendar. Three. <laughs> I was three. Uh, yes. So we watched that and we watched the 2016. Yeah. yeah I was 41. Yes, very good, Joel. Is this how the rest of the show is going to go? What time of day did that one come out? (laughs) It came out 12 noon on Saturdays. The same time that we're on Geek Life Radio. Not live, but recording. If you like things that are not live, but recorded, you'll probably like the shows at the Podcast Collective, including No Hope for Humanity, Dating Baggage, Mint in Boxcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Yes. and Holy crap, that went well. <laughs> Damn it! Now we're cursed. See what happens when I mess up. You pointed out how many how many uh, green lights we got through, and now we're going to get a red. Um, so if you're looking for our older stuff, that's uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Talk Shoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM dot com. 
That's kind of yes. upsetting. Yeah. And coming up soon. Now, this is a cool thing that we've got going for you guys. There is a site out there called Podchaser, podchaser.com, and it is going to become IMDB for podcasts. It's going beta on Saturday, which is actually yesterday, if you're listening to this when this comes out. so um, But we do have beta access keys for you guys. We have about 100 of them. So if you go to Podchaser and uh, log on and use 40GO14, now not the numbers, spell out the whole word, F-O-R-T-E-N, just like that. And you will get beta access. And what you can do is you can go in there and rate and review our shows. Right, and uh, if you like our show, which presumably you do if you're listening, uh, it will suggest shows that are similar to ours, and every time you rate one of your favorite episodes, it bumps us up in our category for other people who listen to shows similar to ours to help them find us. Yeah, and if you're listening to us because you hate us, it'll probably post other shows where you hate the hosts also. (laughs) It's a vicious spiral. This is still going so well. Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> so if you'd do like it. to do that. Do it now. Get to the podcaster. Yes. Uh, and then 40 go 14, spell out everything, and you get beta access. Got about 100 keys or whenever they decide to turn it off. That's what I was told. Um, but yeah, get in there and rate us. And you rate us and uh, say that you like us. You'll find out about other cool podcasts that are similar to us. Like, and then in return, send us a picture of you, and we'll rate you. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I'll give you a key. It's I mean, the, the main thing is... love life. <laughs> when you go to IMDb to get details about various shows that have categories and tagging, these guys realize that we have IMDb to do that for movies, but no one has even thought of doing that for podcasts. And there are a ridiculous amount of podcasts right now, so maybe people would like that ability to sort by content. Yes. So uh, I can, I'm, I'm excited about this site. I am it's, too. it's not just the iTunes like and rate and review portion of iTunes. It's got a lot more uh, functionality to you as a listener, especially if you like more podcasts other than ours. I don't right. know why you would do that, but. Right. We're watching you, Francis. Go have no other podcasts <laughs> before us. All right. So if you want to call us, rate us, leave us a voicemail at 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. You shall call and leave us voicemail. We don't have any, though. I don't think so. Yeah, no one's been doing that. Well, Mr. Schollenberger has been saying that he's going to. I look forward to listening to our favorite balloon man. Yes, I want to hear the entire thing is all going to be done in balloon squeaks. He can do that. He can make (laughs) that. As he makes the balloon animals, he can actually make them speak words. It's kind yes. of like it's kind of like that guitar solo from. He's the Peter Frampton of, of balloon guys. <laughs> yeah, and to clarify, he's our favorite balloon man, as in someone who works with balloons, not someone who is made from balloons. Yes. If he were, he'd be like third or fourth favorite. That's right. Because we all know Carl is made from balloons. <laughs> all right, it is so that time. Yeah, it's so about that time. Oh boy. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. That was a very traditional and sports from Joel. Yeah, yeah, going old school. <laughs> so, classic sports. <laughs> so, this week we are going November 3rd, 1977. It's the release of the original Pete's Dragon. 
and uh, music. Yes, music. The number one song in the land is You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. You bring me hope. You bring me pizza? I, well, I would. No. Well, in August, I promise. Aww. All the way from Texas? No. What's Texas pizza? A taco. (laughs) (laughs) Texas anything is taco or barbecue. (laughs) Oh, barbecue taco. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Now I have pizza. Wait. <laughs> now I want a barbecue taco pizza. Oh, I kind of do. Yeah, that actually sounds, that sounds really, really good. good. <laughs> I'd try it. Uh, Jane Monheit was born November 3rd in Long Island, New York. She is an American jazz and pop vocalist who has collaborated with John Pizzarelli, Michael Bublé, and Tom Harrell, among others, and has received two Grammy nominations. <laughs> what do you have against Terrence Blanchard? <laughs> I was wondering that too. Was yeah. beef with Terrence Blanchard? Terrence Blanchard killed my parakeet. <laughs> Did I mess that up? <laughs> you, you skipped him. You skipped the name. I, I thought you had something against him. <laughs> You're like, fuck that guy. I'm not talking about him. I didn't realize I missed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is where it all goes south. I was that's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. I even well, read we made it this far. <laughs> I even read it ahead of time to try and make sure I got it right. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't do so good. Uh, all right. Gaetano Albert Guy Lombardo was a Canadian-American band leader and violinist of Italian descent who formed the Royal Canadians in 1924 with his brothers Carmen, Liebert, and Victor, and other musicians from his hometown. Lombardo led the group to international success, and they are believed to have sold between 100 to 300 million phonograph records during their lifetimes, many featuring the band's longtime leader singer, Kenny Gardner. Guy Lombardo died of a heart attack on November 5th and was absorbed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land is Julia, starring Jane Fonda, Vanessa Redgrave, and Jason Robards. So you got a leak? No, he put it in the show notes. I decided to go with it. Yeah. I didn't do that. You know what? (laughs) It might have been my cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your cat has contributed. Oh, yeah, that is your cursor there. Yeah, that was my cat. That's awesome. (laughs) So your cat made me hiss at the mention of Jason Robards. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Pete's Dragon is the only movie released this week. If you were going to the theater this week in 1977, the average price of a movie ticket would be $2.25. Good God. You, can't even, you can't even get a candy for that anymore. That's how much it costs to just get in the door. Yeah, that's the cover charge before you pay for the ticket. Right. <laughs> yeah, pre-ticket ticket sales. I mean, some places you have to pay for parking, though. Huh. Though, in, I do have to say the place over by me, opening night, three fifty. Nice. Yeah, unfortunately, it's one of the most ghetto places you can go. It's it's terrible. It really is. You got to really want to see a movie if you go to this place. Hmm. <laughs> Bullet holes in the screen and shit. It was. It reminded me of going to uh, North Riverside. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Also in 1977, Brittany Murphy was born on November 10th and went on to star in Clueless. Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Clueless. He's getting ready for next week. No kidding. Clueless, Girl Interrupted, 8 Mile, and the acronym of the week, which is the Australian Confused Culinary Film, K-O-T-H, or Kangaroos on the Half Shell. <laughs> Blimey, that's a big shell. Kangaroo power. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's King of the Hill. Oh. Oh. What voice did she do? Luann. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, In addition to King of the Hill or Kangaroos on the Half Shell, if you prefer, among others, uh, uh, after she did those, she tragically died of accidental overdose from over-the-counter drugs while battling what she thought was a cold, but turned out to really be pneumonia. Ooh. I'll never tell that she was absorbed. (laughs) The actual fuck is wrong with you. I'm mixing things up a little. All right. So TV, this day was Thursday. Thursdays in 1977, you could watch such classic shows as Welcome Back, Cotter, The Waltons, The Red Fox Comedy Hour, and The Man from Atlantis, among others. <laughs> Good job. I th- like that? <laughs> I thought I was going to anchor man you there. Yeah, now I'm paying paying attention there. Uh, Welcome Back. You know, I, I have this. I don't know. Is it a guilty pleasure for me to say that I really like watching Welcome Back, Cotter? Welcome Back, Cotter's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it okay. actually holds up. It's but, dated, but it's funny. I love that show. That's Welcome back. <laughs> and Gabe Kaplan must have been something because he was on all those roasts when we were watching the roast shows. Remember that? That was a huge show at the time, though. Welcome back, Cotter. Mm-hmm. It was so, like the cheers of 1977. Yeah. And, and Gabe Kaplan has always been like a Hollywood uh, behind the scenes insider guy. Like he's always been involved in any kind of anything. For some reason, he's just no matter how popular he's been among you know the people in the Hollywood circles, he's always been around. Okay, always doing something in the background. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So November sixteenth, nineteen seventy-seven, sees the end of the cancellation of the TV show Busting Loose, the comedy that answers what would happen if you put Alan Arkin in a Jewish coming-of-age sitcom where he lives next door to a hooker. I wish I was joking about that, but that is exactly what that show is about. It also has a woman playing, um, what's his name, from The Honeymooners. That guy. Bang Jackie Zoom. Gleason? Yeah, there's, oh. a, there's a woman named Jackie Gleason in this one, which really kind of confused me when I was researching that question. Could have been, could have been Jack A. Gleason. Yeah, could have been. Jack A. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alan Arkin, coming-of-age sitcom, living next door to a hooker. So good stuff all around. Lasted two seasons, and they decided after they canceled it, you know, we have four four episodes, and let's just not show them anymore. So not only did they not last, didn't even last two seasons because they had four shows that they never even showed up. So now this I thought was really cool. Nineteen seventy-seven. This is going. We're going over to Great Britain. We're going over the over the pond. The Southern Television Broadcast interruption happened. This was a broadcast interruption through the Hannington transmitter of the Independent Broadcasting Authority in the United Kingdom at 5.10 p.m. on the 26th of November, 1977. Okay, doesn't sound too fun yet, but the broadcast message is generally considered to be a hoax, but the identity of the the hijacker is unknown. A speaker interrupted transmissions for six minutes and claimed to be a representative of Intergalactic Association. Reports of the incident vary, with the speaker calling himself either 
Verlian, Gillian, or Asteron, depending on who you ask, and the voice, which was disguised and accompanied by a deep buzzing, broke into the broadcast of the local TV Southern st- television station, overrode the UHF audio signal of the early evening news being read by Andrew Gardner from ITN, and warned viewers that all your weapons of evil must be removed. You have but a short time to learn to live together in peace. The interruption ceased shortly after the statement had been delivered, and transmissions then returned to normal shortly before the end of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, later in the evening, Southern, Tele- Southern Television apologized for what it was described as a breakthrough in sound for some viewers, and it also reported the incident in its own Sunday bulletin, and nobody knows who did it still. So, somebody broke into British TV and told that they, everyone that they had to r- remove all your weapons of evil because we only have a short time to learn to live together, which I'm sure caused a little bit of chaos over there. Well, it's a good thing we obeyed that. And I was going to say, thank yeah. God they listened. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and everything is saved. Now, what was the Astron Command, Joel? <laughs> or what will they be, Joel? What? I said Astron Command, Joel. Dude, I was setting you up to say absorbed. Never mind. <laughs> Why would that be funny? Good question. Sports. He says, trying to salvage this. Sports. That joke was ab- absorbed. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Sports. On November 2nd, the Philadelphia Phillies' Steve Carlton wins his second of four career Cy Young Awards. You guys know who Steve Carlton was? Yeah, he's a guy from Fresh Prince. Yeah, he did the dance. Not unusual. Close enough. The guy that was on the- <laughs> He's not even going to fight it at this point. It's like, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> and on November 5th, Mark Wilson of Brigham Young University sets the then record for passing yards in a single game with 571. Yeah, he was in the Beach Boys. All right, that obviously wasn't as fun as uh, the Carlton thing, so I'm just going to ignore it. Now we'll just go back. <laughs> Jump on it. Jump on it. <laughs> just fix that in post uh, no <laughs> alright that is the twee Joel closing music that's where we are folks class all around that's us alright so Pete's Dragon 1977 class in your ass <laughs> ass blasters <laughs> okay an orphan boy and his magical dragon come to a town with his abusive adopted parents in pursuit. Adoptive or just slave owning? That's, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> in, in rewatching this, I have some questions for Disney yeah. specifically. Yeah. Um, this is directed by Don Chafee, known for, besides Pete's Dragon, Jason and the Argonauts, One Million Years B.C., uh, some MacGyver uh, Airwolf. Um, he did a lot of like classic old '80s TV, Mission Impossible '80s, Stingray, Hunter. You know, um, Ooh, I liked Hunter. Yeah, uh, it was written by Malcolm Mormstein, and the only reason I added that in is because I really like to say his name. I wonder if he liked to listen to Ingve Malmstein. They got together and they cooked out every summer. It was Nobody a Mormstein Malmstein. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes listening to Malmstein. Aw. That's mom, a good point. <laughs> I bet his mom does. 
And then also, Even she's like, maybe you should retire, honey. <laughs> Get a vocalist for God's sake. Nice. <laughs> um, now you're gonna and like. You did it. It worked for him. <laughs> you're gonna like this. Pat. No, Joe Satriani. Uh, Seton I. Miller did the story for this, who's known for such classics as 1942's The Black Swan, The Adventures of Robin Hood, starring Errol Flynn, and the original uh, Howard Hughes produced. Uh, Scarface. Huh. Yeah, I know, right? Just which which honestly, knowing that answers a few questions about this movie. So uh who else wrote this? SS Field is another one of the writers, and he's known for Pete's Dragon and On Such a Night. That's pretty much he has three On things such to it. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> don't ever do that to us again. I feel abused. Just like Pete. Just like, Pete. Just like uh, oh, you beat me to it. Show us so, on the cartoon dragon where they touched you. <laughs> so this stars. Damn it. <laughs> this is starring Helen Reddy as Nora. Now, if you don't know who she is, you know the song I Am Woman? Hear me roar. Exactly. That's her. That's what that is her claim to fame. Uh, that she's, that and she's got a good voice. They had her come in and do some singing. Uh, Jim Dale as Doctor Terminus. You may recognize him from uh, uh, Hot Lead and Cold Feet, and he was the did things like the he was a narrator in Pushing Daisies. And strangely enough, he's also the narrator for several of the. Uh, All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, just wanted to jump in here real quick and remind you about Podchaser.com and uh, what it is. Uh, Podchaser.com is the IMDb of podcasts. And what you can do is you can head over there. You can get access, early access to the beta by using the beta key Nostalgia40, N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-A-4-0. And uh, that'll get you access to it. And what you can do is go in there and you can find our shows. You can listen to them. You can rate them, uh, tag them. And when you put the tags in, what uh, Podchaser will do will actually compare your tags to the tags that are out there and uh, request and suggest more uh, shows for you to listen to. And the other cool thing is you can rate us. So head over there and uh, you know give us some rating. If you had a favorite show, go on and give us a five-star rating. Type in why you liked it. And uh, you know we really appreciate that. Uh, really would not uh, be up to almost 200 shows if we didn't have some great listeners like you guys. And this is a great opportunity for you guys to go out there and tell people what to think. And uh, that's just a really awesome thing. So, again, the, num- the uh, beta key is Nostalgia40. N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-A-4-0. All right, we are back. And we're talking about Pete's Dragon 2016. The adventures of an orphan boy named Pete and his best friend, Elliot, who just so happens to be a dragon. Who might actually be a dog. That's true. Might just be a big (laughs) green dog. Might just be a dragon. You never know. Might be the acid. You never know. So this was, came out in 2016, like I said, directed by David Lowry, which... Uh, did such movies as A Ghost Story or Ain't Them Body Saints. What the hell is that about? And something called The Pioneer. It, he doesn't He doesn't seem like uh, to have... Ghost Story isn't out yet. 
<clears throat> that he's one's not like, out yet, but it's getting a lot of big buzz. And he will got, not be typecast. No, he's got like five things on his list that are just boy crazy at the drugstore. Boy crazy, bikini mishap. Okay, maybe I want to see that one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Written by David Lowry and Tony Halbrooks, who is known for uh, Ain't Them Body Saying, something called Listen Up, Philip, and Upstream Color. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to you, Joel. Have you heard of any of those? Yeah, Upstream Color got a lot of lot of really good press when it came out. It's on uh, Netflix now, streaming. Okay, is a Ghost Story a remake of Ghost Story, the movie from with uh, the dancing Red guy? Stare? Yeah, no. This is the movie where stars Casey Affleck. Oh, okay. okay. And he plays eyes, but he comes back as a ghost, a sheet ghost, like you know the the, the eyes cut out. And yeah. Like a Klansman? Cheap. And we're here. <laughs> we're gonna, anyway, we're, it, we're gonna have some real real good interesting uh suggestions thing. once Pod Burst goes. <laughs> yeah, you, you can put put a lot of really interesting tags on this show, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't put that one on the show. <laughs> no. Uh so this starred Bryce Dallas Howard, hmm? who yeah. is the top of my celebrity hall pass list. <laughs> really? Oh Robert yeah. Redford is on mine. <laughs> Robert Redford now or Rob? You know what? I don't want to know. Yes. Dude, have you seen Robert Redford at, at 80 now? He still looks good. He's, He's like the male Peggy Lipton. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's like, if you know who she action. is, it's funny. <laughs> All right. As he, well, he looks set up. Um, known as from us, most, most recently Jurassic World, but it's also been in Black Mirror and uh, it was in The Help. And oh, I would say that if you are a fan of M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong, she's uh, uh, The Forest was her big breakout. Oh, I've never seen The Forest. The Village. The Village. Oh, the Village. The village. Oh, That's I've, right. seen, I've seen that. Yeah, okay. Was the Village was, was where I learned first learned about her. <clears throat> Girl in the Water, Mandalay. And I, I find it very difficult to believe that <clears throat> that she and, and Clint Howard share the same gene pool. Or that Ron Howard even. Right. Mm-hmm. But Clint Howard doesn't look like he's in the same species. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Poor Clint Howard. Clint Howard is second on my uh, list, right after Robert Redford. But just <laughs> just his forehead. She's in my top twenty. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, jo- Joel's trying to tell us something. Is Timmy trapped in the well, Joel? <laughs> is Joel trapped in the Babadook? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Here we go. Contemporary. Nice. Uh, also, Robert Redford as Meacham, or Dad, as Grace knows him. Uh, Oaks Fegley as Pete. Una Lawrence. Una as Natalie. Wes Bentley as Jack. Carl Urban, out of left field, as Gavin. And I was just like, Wes Bentley, Carl Urban, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Robert Redford? What movie do they think they're remaking? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, they probably looked at everybody who had something to do with that. And were like, hey, the guy from Cool Hand Luke's in this. We should get Carl Urban. <laughs> yeah. Once you sign Robert Redford, you got to up the game on everything. <laughs> well, that's the thing. This has got a really good cast. You yeah. can't surround Robert Redford with, like, Dax Shepard. Well, and they renamed his character from Meacham. He originally was called Lampy. Yeah, that was kind of weird because in the original, um, Nora only refers to him as dad once in the very beginning and then calls him Lampy for the rest of the movie. Because <laughs> it's more fun to say. Lampy. Yeah. 
You know how long it took me to realize that's because he lives in a in a lighthouse and it's not because he just likes to suck on sharks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, an so- odd conclusion to jump to, but I'm going with it. So, Carl Urban is Gavin. Isaiah Wicklock Jr. is Sheriff Gene Dentler. Uh, so, Carl Urban. <laughs> what, Joel? No? We lost Joel. Joel? He giggled and then he disappeared. The Baba Duke uh, got him. What? <laughs> Carl... You did. What? Oh. Now you're going in and out. All right. So, anyway, Carl <laughs> Urban yeah. replaced oh. Michael C. Hall as Gavin, while Wes Bentley replaced Casey Affleck as Jack. That's a Still, interesting good movie. Good for the movie. What? Did Joel turn into a transformer there? <laughs> he did. It Unfortunately, you're just Joel. When he transformed, he's a hand blender, so he's not really useful. <laughs> he's not an electric one. He's, one. he's one of those you have to crank. What were you saying, Joel? No <laughs> oh, chap. <laughs> He's still responding to stuff from like four minutes ago. <laughs> All right. So David Lowry described his version of Pete's Dragon as to be yeah, more of a reinvention rather than a straight up remake. His ambition for the film was to distinguish itself from the 1977 film as much as possible. So losing the uh, hillbilly murder and the child slavery. And, and also replacing that- it by remaking Tarzan and Fern Gully. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty much. In the Jungle Book. He wanted to reinvent the core story of the venerable Disney family film, which obviously a Disney family film must exist with the family being killed within the first 10 minutes. Yeah, no you shit. Parents. You cannot have parents if you're in a Disney movie. As soon as I saw how loving those parents were, I was like, holy shit, they're not making it out of this scene. No, <laughs> they were absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> Though I have to, uh, you know, one of the things I really thought was cool was the crash scene. Yeah, they showed it all, looking at the kid in the back seat and everything flipping around around him. That was pretty intense. Yeah, it really was. I know he was five, but he seemed extremely unconcerned about the fact that his parents just died in a fiery wreck. Well, wouldn't you be unconcerned if you just met a dragon? Like, fuck that. Like, oh, that's fair. But you know, I get I get to upgrade, (laughs) trade my parents in for a dragon. Done. Parents, dragon. Parents, myself, dragon. At also, five years old, that's an easy decision. <laughs> uh, director David Lowry also explained why Elliot is a furry dragon, uh, saying that he'd rather have the kind of dragon that you really want to give a hug to than a Game of Thrones-type dragon, which he described as cool but scaly and cold. I, so I wa- agree with that. He just wanted a big green dog. It's, yeah. it's easier to hug Mike Sullivan than it is Batman. I'd hug I'm Batman. <laughs> I need it. I lost my parents, too. Hey, I want to hear Elliot doing his version of Batman. (laughs) He's not very good at impressions. (laughs) So, (laughs) this is where we break paths. (laughs) Also, Robert Redford rescued a horse on his second day of shooting. Because, of course, he did. I put that in there. 
Exactly. I put that in there because Robert Redford, man. Come on. That's cool. I was going to say that that's just a normal Tuesday for Robert Redford. <laughs> Mr. Redford, we're exactly. ready to shoot this. We're ready to shoot the, the scene. I'm sorry. I was out there rescuing a horse. <laughs> of course you were. Paul Newman's off making spaghetti sauce. <laughs> You're off rescuing animals. <laughs> I've got to rescue this horse. So, the next day, like Robert Redford, please report the set. He's like, I'm. I found a skeleton of a bear. I'm in the middle of making knives out of its bones. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's why Boy, you didn't of shooting. That's why you didn't see him for the entire middle of the movie. I just he rescued up the, 30 kids from a burning house. He showed up the very beginning, told about the dragon, rescued kids from a burning house, made bear knives, rescued a horse, and then got back to do the end. I mean, and who's going to say no? He's Robert Redford. And they're like, I didn't realize there were so many horses in peril around here. <laughs> 36 total were saved during the course of the film. <laughs> it's, no- it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> well, damn it, I lost her name. Angela Lansbury in Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> everywhere she goes, someone dies. Where Everywhere Robert Redford goes, just random horses just show up. <laughs> I need rescuing. Where's Robert Redford? <laughs> Meanwhile, Paul Newman is snickering in the corner as he's opening the gate to the horse bed. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Carl Urban's character was originally written as a good guy, but he's like, I can't compete with Robert Redford. (laughs) I'm going to be. I'm going (laughs) to shoot a dragon. (laughs) I didn't like his character. Robert Redford saved, he would go and shoot one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, just saved another horse. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> God damn it, Carl. Now I gotta make more bone knives. <laughs> Carl, that kills people. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we were, <laughs> we've gone so off track. We were yeah. talking about the actual movie. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so intense parents dying at the very beginning. Wait, what movie? Yes. <laughs> and <Pete's> then, horse. <laughs> Pete's horse dragon. Uh, so he, he gets picked up by the dragon, saved, by, saved from the wolves, wanders off into the forest. I'm kind of glad. Six years later. Yes. And then it fast forwards six years later, and now he's 14. And he, somehow either either he or the dragon have learned how to make clothes. And talk. Yeah. I did think about that at one point when he first started talking to people. Like, how did he learn to talk? Where did he get all these words from? He was young. He wasn't. He wasn't fourteen by the time this happened. He was. He was probably like what, like three or four at the time. He was five, and then he was ten later. It was I think five years, because he thought still thought he was five, and then mm-hmm. later uh, the daughter uh, Una, I forgot her character name, uh, established she was about ten years old. Okay, so they're saying right now. I'm looking up developmental. Uh, steps in children the average six five to six year old child has a 2600 word expressive vocabulary and a receptive vocabulary of 20 to twenty four thousand words were words that they understand and only 2600 words that they can actually speak and know what they're talking about so this this kid should not have been again and maybe he was a grogan he's a hillbilly living in the hills but he's got this amazing ability to speak he's josh grogan he's yeah <laughs> he should have been all tay in the way and <laughs> 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 
the weekend. Oh, man. And just like that, Pat is broken. <laughs> I love a good no reference. Yeah, I had some deep cuts tonight. <laughs> I'll be right back. I got to save a horse. But so they find him. She she loses her pocket. Was it a pocket watch or was it her compass? Compass. Compass. compass yeah. She loses her compass all the way at the very edge where they're logging because Carl Urban apparently is an asshole. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like, what's my motivation, Carl? You're an asshole. I'm good. Let's go with that. <laughs> um. And she, you know, actually one of the best. What's your motivation? Fuck these trees. <laughs> <laughs> so they disappear. Just, you know, they see the loggers going around. And then I forgot. How did he get to town? They Who? found him. Uh, Elliot. No, Pete. Uh, uh, Una I, I noticed him in a tree. Yes, that's right. And then she chases after him. They play. Fall, they play. They fall out of a tree together. That's she not a euphemism. <clears throat> then they take him home. And he begins, you know, then their first thing is let's get the DCS, uh, DCFS involved because that always makes things better. But then, um, you know what I'm, I am kind of glad for is that they did not do the whole evil uh, DCFS guy. That's what I was expecting when I heard them say that. I was expecting, like, the guy to come in and then, you know, to put him in the car and drive him away and they had to go rescue him or something like that. No, I mean, it is a little weird that he still gets to end up with them at the end of the movie, because when you miss that meeting, they don't exactly look favorably on that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Disney movie, I'll give it a pass. Town of about 150. At least you don't live with a drunken guy who hangs out in a saloon full of kegs. Yeah, it had 100% less child slavery and alcohol, but 100% more Bryce Dallas Howard. And I will take that trade. You know what this movie needed was a snake oil salesman. Excuse me. Yeah, they really couldn't update it with a lighthouse, which is completely controlled by computers and like a traveling medicine show. Which doesn't (laughs) happen anymore. (laughs) They had David Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) He comes into town, he's doing magic. (laughs) The the, the villain is a close-up street magic artist. Right. All the trees left town as soon as that street magician showed up. <laughs> hey, this prince from Nigeria wants to give me a million dollars, and he also wants my dragon. <laughs> oh, shit. A horse got loose. <laughs> Redford's gone again. I'm telling you. Shoot around him. That that's exactly why because that, um, I think that's it. It's every time Chris Redford from another scene. There was a horse breakout last night. Carl Urban wanted more scenes, so every time he wanted more scene, he let another horse loose, and then <laughs> Redford put in front of him to go rescue it, and he can chew up the scenery with that. So anyway, so I as much as I love Carl Urban, I, act, I okay, I love Carl Urban. I actually thought he played an asshole pretty good in this movie. He he was a big jerk in this one, and. But I, but I still loved him in it. And I believe the relationship between him and his brother. You've got his brother who's the goody-goody, and he's kind of a dick in response. And at the end, he's just like, my brother's in trouble. Uh, regardless of how I've behaved up to this point, I got to save him. I bought it. So Carl Urban, great yes. again. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, 
his brother is such a goody-goody because he's married to the park ranger who just happens to be Bryce Dallas Howard, so he's not going to do anything to try and mess that up. No shit. So, okay, on with it more. As much as we love Bryce Dallas Howard, Grace as a character, I think was probably... Even even with Meacham only being in the in the scenes maybe three times, I think she was probably the most cardboard out of all of them. Or I may have said something wrong. <laughs> I, I don't disagree, but I want to. Although if I was going to go for most cardboard, uh, the sheriff basically channeling Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Pat. Get it out. Oh, no, no, he's right. That's- that's basically like Ernie Hudson. Yeah, but no, I mean she. I mean she. She was the the she was the plot device. Yeah, she was playing generic maternal character, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, she's obviously the analog to Nora. That's what the role called for. Okay. Hmm. And I was actually my other word. It was like, don't get too close to this kid. Or when at the very end when they were driving away together, I was ready for that car to just like explode. <laughs> it starts all over again for mm-hmm. Pete's Dragon Two, Dragoner. What, what <laughs> the the dragonish? Uh, what do you think the about dragon the whisper. at the very end where there's like a whole clan of dragons, whole family of dragons? I didn't care for that. No, I'm wondering how that exists without anybody knowing. Well, it's not that no one knew. They sort of uh, foreshadowed that with the song. That is one of the first things you hear. Oh, where yeah, they go north with the dragon. It's not going to be something that is only known in folk songs. Oh, if they can turn invisible at will, I'm willing to give them the, that one. But I mean, imagine how much damage they would do to the ecosystem, how much food they would need on a daily basis. You couldn't <laughs> not notice their footprint. <laughs> Weren't there like a shitload of cows out here yesterday? <laughs> That's why Redford's rescuing all the horses. He doesn't want them to get eaten. <laughs> That's Redford's actually senile. Do you see that dragon? We got to rescue the horses. <laughs> We're filming a movie here, sir. Get the horses. See, that's one of the things I, I actually appreciated more about the original is the fact that Elliot went from one child to another. And that was his lot in life was to help kids in need of help. And here he went off to live with a bunch of dragons in the mountains. Okay. It's funny, the Elliot in this one, Sarah started out watching this with me and joking, that's not a dragon, that's a puppy. Mm-hmm. And I found it more and more difficult to argue with her joke. No, it, he, he totally was. It was a yeah. big dragon puppy. Yeah, he, he was definitely patterned after a dog, which I think is explicit when you look at the children's book. Right. Well, and then there's that scene in the cave when they wake up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. acting like a big dog. And his hand is missing uh, the pillows. As uh, Nenim Loss calls him, he said he was a cringer with wings from He-Man. Oh, shit, he is, isn't he? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I didn't get the reference when I saw it on Facebook, but yeah, no, that's actually right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, 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 I had problems with it. I mean, it, it was all right, but I just, I mean, something about it just kind of hit me in the wrong way. And I think the ending is what really just kind of blew that wide open for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. It was rehashed bits of other Disney movies. And near the end, it sort of turned into free Willy. (laughs) Free Willy. Um, 
there's a joke in there about Bryce Dallas Howard and Free Willy, but I'm not going there. Pat? Yeah, what was your <laughs> thoughts on it? Um, overall, I mean, it was easily better than the original. Um, solved a lot of the problems that the original had. Got rid of a lot of the bad side plots that weren't necessary. But created a lot of stuff that was unnecessary on its own. You know, on its own. And I'm with Joel. I did not like the ending. You know, suddenly there, you know, there's a family of dragons, and you know, he's just going to go hang out with all these other dragons. It was a nicer sentiment in the first movie, where you know, Pete, where the dragon is just a way to help kids who are in trouble. Right, Mm -hmm. because I mean that 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 kind of ties together the whole alcoholism and the abuse and all of that stuff. It gives kids who are watching it kind of this this maybe it's a false hope, but a hope that you know there's somebody out there that's going to be looking out for them. It had a kind of a positive message with that. This was just the big puppy goes to live with the rest of the puppies. Yeah, this is like, as, as Josh said, you know, it's more of a free willy vibe. Yeah. Right. And they tried to address that a little bit where the little girl is talking to Pete and she's talking about how a an imaginary friend helps you get through things in your life. So they kind of addressed it, but I don't think they committed to it. Right. right. Either make him completely imaginary and the whole thing was just a ruse of some sort and everybody had some sort of mass hallucination or I don't know. It just Well, no no no. I think I think you have you're going down a good path on this one cuz remember they when they interviewed uh David Lowry, he said he wanted the core story of a venerable Disney family film. I think he was plucking so many tropes from other Disney films is that he, by the end of it you were just like, "Okay, I'm not sure where we're going with this." And to be fair, there's a little of that in the original, too, where you've got a little bit of bed knobs and broomsticks, a little bit of Mary Poppins, a little bit. And they just jam a cartoon dragon in there and otherwise remake other better movies. Yeah, I remember that famous Mary Poppins song, Forced Labor for the Children. That was a good one. <laughs> wow. It goes down easier with a spoonful of sugar. <laughs> a spoonful of sugar helps the children make tennis shoes or whatever. How's it go? Just like I'm that. Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree with you, Joel. I think the ending on the original one was corny but good. But I, you know, oh, he goes to live with all his dragon friends at the end. Even I mean, even more of a cop out than I fell out of bed and my amnesia went away. <laughs> right. I mean, he was happy and he lived a good life, and he could still visit with Elliot, but. I think the kind of bittersweet ending where Elliot went on to have his own life with his own family and got a chance to start over and get rid of his past was kind of a better ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think the family, the, the, I don't want to say the exchange of family, but the new family in this one was much better than the first one where it's like, Hey, we have a family, the nuclear family, mother, father, daughter, even though the stepdaughter, whatever, but they're all, they're a family versus, Hey, you're going to live in a lighthouse with me and my creepy dad. <laughs> and Paul, the amnesiac sailor. Yeah, Paul, the amnesiac sailor, my alcoholic father, and me. <laughs> Won't that be fun? The oversexed waitress. And we can sing songs and wash 10% of the windows. And <laughs> <laughs> half-ass the White House whitewash. whitewash. You, you're not done. You only did, like, just to the right and the left of the front door. What the and hell? It, and it looks like epoxy. It doesn't even look like paint. <laughs> Shut up and wash the windows with your butt. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that did happen. Yes, that is a thing. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> and here's your bottle of wine to go to sleep with. Boom, boom, boom.
Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was a full set trombone or not. Now, the, what do you think about the bridge scene? Where where Elliot sets fire to the bridge and almost kills uh, Bryce Dallas Howard? Well, everybody knows that fire doesn't melt steel. <laughs> it wasn't jet fuel, Pat. <laughs> That's blaming Elliot for 9 11. Oh, shit. What just happened? What just happened? <laughs> oh, my God. That's Sometimes so we go off the rails and make the show worse. I think it's making it better. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So, if I get this straight, Elliot caused 9 11. <sighs> Jesus. <They're- Christ. laughs> we're, we're definitely going to be on a list somewhere. <laughs> All right, have we have we milked this dragon enough? God, I hope so. All right. All right, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, let's let's go through that for both movies. All right, I will. I will unfortunately give a thumbs down to the first movie. I wish I had. I wish I hadn't watched it and it just left it as a fond memory. But uh, oh. I'm undecided on the second one. Um, I, I would overall, I would go with a with a thumbs up. I think. The cast saved it more than anything. If it had been a bunch of nobodies, I think it would definitely be a thumbs down. I'm pretty much where Pat is, where uh, thumbs down, even though the movie started to redeem itself for the original uh, mid middle to the ending, it didn't quite get to the spot where I could give it a thumbs up. And yeah, it kind of ruined my nostalgic, like rose colored glasses. Uh, and it's an unenthusiastic thumbs up for the uh, remake. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to stick by the first one because of the overall message and the ending. I'm going to give it a thumbs up still. Cause I never had it as a kid. So I didn't have the rose colored glasses to begin with that I remembered. So I enjoy it for what it is. The new one, I'm, I'm going to go with the unenthusiastic <laughs> thumbs up because it was well done, but I think it was lacking some serious it had some serious problems that left it lacking. I mean, let's face it. We could have Carl Urban, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Robert Redford sitting around talking about rescuing horses for two hours, and we'd probably give it a thumbs up. Yes. Yeah. I'm good with that. Mike, what about you? The first one, for as corny and ridiculous and as alcoholic and child slave trade it was, I still loved it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I knew every song. I liked you know, I was waiting for specific parts. Um, I give it a thumbs up on the first one. The second one, if you if you changed up the ending somehow, I'm. But I mean, yeah, I, w- I would like them to change up the ending and give us a better explanation or a better finish for that sort of thing. Even if it's just then, you know, he he Elliot. Uh, I mean, sorry, Pete joins their family and Elliot goes off to live in the forest. Fine, that's awesome. The group, you know, they're all living as one, their own happy family up up north was a little too corny for me. But I'm still going to give it, like like Josh said, a hesitant thumbs up on that one. So that's four enthusiastic, uh, unenthusiastic thumbs up for the remake, but the rare 50-50 split on the original. Yeah. Usually we're all in agreement or there's only one dissenter. Yeah, kind of interesting there. All right, so now what about next week? Uh, well, next week, I believe we are talking about desserts. 
or at least the three of you are, I might be mumbling about desserts as <laughs> immediately before the show, I'm getting three teeth pulled. So that could be fun. It might be, and be. I'm Josh. And <laughs> 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 yeah, I might be talking like the dragon, Elliot, the entire time next week. That's fantastic. I really hope this happens. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> yeah, we're looking, we're looking at desserts. We are talking about... It, it's another one of our food shows. We're really enjoying those sort of things. And it's giving us a reason to go out there and eat dessert. So uh, if yeah. you have a favorite dessert. Yeah, you can give us a call. Uh, or if you want to talk to us about how we're wrong about Pete's Dragon or we ruined your childhood, you can always give us that call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And again, you can find us at our home at the web at 40go14.com. And do not forget, uh, if you head over uh, to scrolling, scrolling, Podchaser, beta access, rate and review the shows, go there, rate us, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, discover new podcasts, and 40go14, spell it out with all letters, and you get beta access to the Podchaser website. Do it now. Do it. Gotta go to the basement and stomp some rats. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.